This is The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap.com, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Odds Couple, with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. Happy Friday. We're off and running. Mike North, Carmen DeFalco. It's time to talk sports and sports gambling. We do it every Friday for you right here on the ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. Now that baseball's in the rear view, it's nice to be back on during Friday nights. You can always catch up on demand. We're in an on-demand world. Make sure you have that free ESPN Chicago app so that you can always catch up. And, Mikey, we uh, hit week 10 in the NFL, week 11 in the college board. It's not a very sexy slate of NFL games, if you ask me. A couple of interesting ones and uh, some games that feature just big-time injuries that we're going to dive into, but a couple really intriguing college games and maybe none bigger than the showdown in Austin between two Texas schools as the Horned Frogs travel to take on the Longhorns this weekend. So we've got lots to get after, as always, my friend. Yeah, buddy, and it's great to talk to everybody. Randy Merkin along with us. Uh, Carm, it was uh, uh, a so-so weekend. You held up uh, your end. uh, taken over for me who held up uh, the end for a couple weeks and then Randy before that as uh, I go one three and one with the bonus uh, included but I mean uh, it's just been unbelievable the NFL I'll talk about mm. that in a minute but Randy had a subpar day also so I uh, you know what we were under 500 that's not what we do here we'll be back on track uh, I want to thank Vincent for letting me in on that contest I'll tell you what kind of year you know I'm having a good year in one me- uh, pool that I'm in you're having a pretty good year in the media pool we're in, in the media pool yeah. Because, uh, you know what, I'll tell you what happened. That's NFL only. The yeah, Vincent right. Pool, I was knocked out faster than Dwayne Bobbick. Uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, you know, uh, then, then Michael Spinks when he fought Tyson. I, my head was through the ropes going, get me some water. Uh, but but I got to be honest. Uh a lot of the guys picked a lot of college, and I'll, I'll start studying up more on college because that's a college pro game. I stuck with the pros in a year where the NFL is absolutely topsy-turvy, yeah. but you have to have some luck. I had three pushes, mm. including two last week, the Rams and Atlanta, and I had four one-point losses. If I win those, I'm like two Ooh. games out. Yeah, That's where you need luck, but it's no excuse. Uh it's just crazy because the media pool, you get two more week uh, days to really study. We don't have to have it into the media pool till Sunday at 11.55, if you don't right. want to. And with the other pool, with Matt Humans and the folks at Fisson, you had to have it in at Friday by 1. See, that's always a little harder. That is huge. It's more of a challenge if you're including the, the NFL college games. Huge. Yeah, that's more of a challenge. There's no doubt. We but do I'm to... happy that we're here. We're going to be on Fridays, 8 o'clock tonight. Yep. I mean, come on now. I mean, we're going against the – we're prime time. That's it. That's it. Uh, what else would you rather listen to? Like Marv Levy always says, where else would you rather be? But right here, right now, where else would you rather be at 8 That's o'clock? That's right. And always get us on the ESPN Chicago Andy app. And a gas. That's it. You'll always get uh, the encore replay on Saturday mornings, too. It's great during the football season. We'll talk to Luke Pergandy and Jim Miller a little bit. We'll dive in here into Week 10. And for just the second time this season, Mike, the Bears are a favorite. They're a home favorite of about three points against – the Detroit Lions, who did pick up uh, maybe is somewhat of an unlikely win, but a win nonetheless to snap their losing streak and move to two and six on the season last week by beating the Pack. Uh, the total in the game sits at about forty-eight and a half. You know, I've sort of joked all week. I, the days of the Bears 
playing in games with posted totals of 40 or 42 might be behind us. I think people are starting to believe and buy into this offense a little bit more. That's not to say that it is by any stretch a finished product. They got a long way to go to still improve this passing offense. And I think Justin Fields still has a ways to go to become a better passer, but he is showing signs week to week that he is getting better. And the Bears are scoring points right now for just the fourth time since 2010, if you can believe it. This offense, or the Bears as a team, have scored at least 29 points in three straight games. Yeah, I go back to the days where they didn't score 29 points in three uh, three games combined. Right. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm pleasantly, as everybody else, surprised. We were all stunned and shocked by the inept play of the offense and Justin Fields up here uh, amongst them uh, about a month ago. Yep. Now, uh, you know, you got to admire what he's doing. He won't last long in this league playing the type of game that he's playing. You can look at Cam Newton, RG3. If you keep running like that, you will get hurt. That being said, he's not one of the better Bear quarterbacks yet, but he's one of the Bear uh, uh, top running backs of all time, in my opinion. They're yeah. running almost out of a wishbone type of deal that I loved. There's not three guys behind him, but they got design plays. He's doing what I wanted him to do. This is why I took the over. And with any luck, if we don't trade our two defensive pieces mm. two weeks ago, I don't understand paying for Roquan Smith when he's playing with Baltimore and waiting for a draft pick for next year. We could have say maybe played both guys, kept them around, see what happens because the NFC is up for grabs. Yeah. I mean, they're still talking about how Atlanta's going to try to figure it. Uh, it's ridiculous when they're four oh. and six, oh. and the Bears are rebuilding when there's teams like that still being touted. I mean, it's a joke to me. I think we jumped the gun a little bit. I would have loved to see this uh, defense, which is now one of the worst defenses because of don't don't. Tell me two pieces don't mean anything. You trade two pieces like Quinn and Smith, they've gone from a respectable defense early in the year to an absolute one of the worst defenses. They're not a good defense. You're right. They're not. uh, The Detroit Lions are not a good defense either. No. That's why I think points could be scored. What's the over under? 92? Yeah, 92. No, it's 48. 48 and a half. Yeah, 48, 48 and a half. Whoever thought that would happen Uh, in Bear. That's what I'm saying. I remember when the over unders were nine and a half. I mean, think about it. (laughs) You and you, look, we always joke, you know, Mike's seen it all uh oh, yeah. he's the youngest seven-year-old i've ever come across Thank but you, he's still friend. been around and he's seen it all the bears have rushed for over 200 yards yep. now a lot of this is justin fields i mean i get it but the bears have rushed for over 200 yards for the fourth straight game and, and that hasn't happened nope. since 1956 for this yeah. franchise when it was a much different game eddie brown was the quarterback johnny lujak is back up there Amazing. uh back in the 50s and uh you know you had guys like willie gallimore coming up the bears have changed the structure of football by doing this, they're just not winning games right. by doing it. Usually, when you run um, like that, you win. But I'm I'm worried about Fields lasting more than three or four years if he continues at this pace because he's a hell of a runner, one of the best I've seen. And his passes are starting to get better. Komet was sweet mm. with the way he turned that corner. It's good to see some of the other pieces. Uh, when people tell us we don't have any pieces, come through. So... You know what? With any kind of defense and that special teams play, please don't put Khalil Herbert on the edge anymore. Yeah, I know. That was a mistake, and I'm sure they'll correct it. 
Uh, so last week, one of my best plays that did cash, and it was an easy one. It's always nice when you have an over that mm-hmm. cashes in the third quarter. Oh, that was huge. Um, it won't be a best play this week. I, I don't have too much conviction uh, either side or total in this game, uh, certainly not on the side with the Bears laying the three points. But I will say that, uh, if anything, I would lean slightly towards the over. The uh, three straight overs now for the Bears. The overs yep. hit in four of their last five. The Lions are five and three to the over. We talked about it, folks. Neither one of these defenses is particularly good. They're the two worst defenses in the NFL on third down. So you could see extended drives from both offenses. And I think both teams starting to move the ball a little bit. The Lions on the road, uh, not good. They have the second worst road record in the NFL since the start of 2020. Just four 15-1 straight up. Only Jayville has been worse. And, uh, worse, and the Lions are just 1-6 uh, on the road in division games over that span. So do with that with you will. But I do not have a pick on the side. And like I said, the only thing I would say is maybe a slight lean towards the over in this game as long as the forecast stays uh, what we expect. It's going to be chilly, but no real wind and uh, partly sunny skies. I think some points could be scored this By weekend. the way, uh, I just want to say this about the Miami Dolphins. You're not winning anything. Let's move on. I mean, I think the Bears should have won that game. I think Miami's got vulnerability on defense. I know there's I high hopes for them, but I'm sorry. They're, you got too much to contend with with the AFC. Yep. Too much to uh, play like that. One of those teams that you figure they're going to have to contend with is Buffalo, but there's a, obviously a huge, interesting development this week, and we can talk about that game right now. It looked like it might be one of the better ones yep. uh, on the slate. Maybe not as much because it is highly unlikely at this point that Josh Allen is going to play. So we've seen the line go from seven and a half, eight, all the way down to about three and a half. The Bills are still. Who's the backup, Flutie? It is uh, Case Keenum. Is the uh, Flutie. I love it. (laughs) The Bills are still a three and a half point favorite at home against the Vikings. Uh, But again, this is all on Josh Allen and the elbow now, folks. And I think the line move and how Vegas has reacted will tell you all you need to know. Uh, I I would say at this point, you can pretty much book it, Mike. I don't know if you'd agree. Josh Allen is not going to play on Sunday. Well, he's not going to play. What's the move? What's the line at right now? Three and a half. Bills still a three and a half point favorite. Case Keenum can give you a game or two, you know. Yeah, you don't, maybe. You don't keep it for more than three games. I think this is a message uh, that Buffalo may try to send. I'd lean slightly Buffalo. There's, if you're losing Josh Allen, who's probably the MVP of the league, uh, give or take uh, Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. or this or that, mm-hmm. and you're still favored, um, I know you're at home, but we just saw – Kirk Cousins and Minnesota on an airplane acting like they won the Super Bowl. You might, Mike, do you realize they've played six consecutive one-score games and they've uh, they've won them all? Like it's they couldn't win a one-score game last year. Now it's the complete opposite. You wonder see, when it balances out. This is why I out. see Randy through the glass smir- uh, smiling because you bring out stats like this, and then he goes, "What's Mike going to counter with with that?" And then I counter with, "You're absolutely right, Carmen." And did you realize that? They're, they've only beaten one winning team. Good call. And Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback mm. for Miami when they won it. Mm. Now tell me how proud Randy is now. Randy? With those two. Randy, are you proud of Are you of proud of us? Days? I'm impressed, Mike. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. impressed. <laughs> I love so, it. But they haven't beaten anybody, and you're right. They're eking out games that they were losing under the previous administration in Minnesota. With all the injuries, uh, to me, this is kind of a stay away. It's not just Josh Allen. I mean, look at all the defensive injuries. Tremaine Edmonds mispracticed this week. I I don't think Tredavious White's going to be back just yet. Jordan Poyer mispracticed again Mm -hmm. this week. I guess the good news is Matt Milano and Von Miller did return on Thursday. Milano's a good boy. He's a good kid, that Matt Milano. That's right. He's a paisan. Nice kid. Uh, But they just got a lot of injuries. Kyrie Elam was downgraded on Thursday. 
and didn't practice. Uh, they're rookie corner out of Florida. Okay. So they got a ton of injuries in Buffalo right now. So for me, kind of a then stay away. Then why are they we'll favored see. against a yeah, good that's Minnesota a, team? That's a good question. They're still at three. Uh, Minnesota's above a, dancing on the airplane. Above a key number, Mike. Above three. They're still By the way, a favorite. I don't need to see Adam Schefter. Oh, you know, without a shirt on. It's hilarious. sad when a seventy-year-old man's in better shape than Adam Schefter. Hilarious. I All right, it. I might have to get a, I might have to get the uh, the old uh, Italian chains out yeah. and do a little and dance. just do a little dance. Yeah, on I might do it on, on, uh, on Twitter. I love yeah. it. All right, when we come back, we will talk to Luke Pergandy. We'll see what's hot at PropSwap. we got more games to talk about, both college and pro, and our best plays a little bit later before we're done. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting warmed up, folks. you got Mike and Carmen. We are the Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap. This is the Odds Couple on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. This is the Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. We're getting you set for the weekend. Another big weekend of football. World Series is now over. And even though the Phillies didn't win our ticket, in a sense, cash. You hear us talk about prop swap all the time. Well, what's so great about it? Well, I'll tell you what's so great about it. Yeah, you can sell a ticket. When somebody wants it, when it's in demand, and you can make a little money even when that uh, ticket doesn't ultimately cash. And that's what we did with the Phillies. And uh, I'm going to pay the guys out very soon here on the nice little profit we turned. Well, you're putting it in the bank and getting some interest early. Beautiful. Like season tickets, right? Absolutely. Then building up your loot and then sending it over to Randy and the folks. You got it. Uh, <laughs> so we are the odds couple presented by PropSwap. And this time every week we do talk to one of the founding members of the great PropSwap app and PropSwap.com, Chicago's very own Luke Pergandy. Hey, Luke. Look, the world's Hi, Con. Hey, Mike. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Hi, buddy. Good. How are you guys? We're doing Great. well. You know, we were just talking a little bit about the Vikings-Bills game and the storyline surrounding that is Josh Allen, of course. And Mike had mentioned how, um, you know, Allen is certainly one of the favorites, if not the favorite, he and Mahomes for MVP. What does the injury potentially do here? I mean, it is highly unlikely. They haven't officially ruled him out as we, you know, uh, record the show on this Friday, but it is highly unlikely that Josh Allen's going to play. My guess is it could be a couple of weeks. What does that do now for the people who are sitting on those tickets? Do you see a rush of people trying to unload that, thinking that maybe it's going to be hard for Josh Allen to win it if he's going to miss extended time? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think that I think if you miss three games he's out for sure uh to win MVP. I think that'll be Mahomes or Jalen's to mm-hmm. to win then. Jalen hurts to the Eagles. Uh if he misses two, it's still I would say Mahomes or Jalen, they would be the, the front runners. Um and then one I think he could still win. Mm-hmm. So uh I agree with you. I don't think he plays this weekend. Uh, is it his throwing arm or his non throwing arm? It is arm? his throwing arm, yes. Okay, yeah, I could see him missing next week as well. Um, so super interesting. I, I he doesn't seem healthy from the reports that we're getting. Uh, I agree with you that he's going to miss the Vikings game. So um, yeah, stock up on on Jalen and Mahomes to an MVP, and and obviously stock down on on Josh. There you go. Let's talk about the World Series for a bit. You're you've revolutionized the business with a a place for people to go with futures tickets where they can make more money and then reinvent or reinvest it if they want to. <clears throat> Give me the comparison. I mean, because Major League Baseball has done so many things wrong. I think it's turned off the populace in a lot of ways. This was the worst, one of the worst-rated World Series in a long time. Philadelphia was an interesting story early, Luke. 
but just just give me like uh, a difference between the action that prop swapped during the week before Super Bowl and during the World Series. It's got to be a pimple compared to Mount Everest, even though baseball in the World Series is supposed to be the national pastime. Sure. Yeah, I think what football, what's happened with betting and Super Bowl week with football is those props. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, we talked to a lot of, of sharp gamblers. And when I say sharp, that basically just means their, their profession is sports betting. Their biggest week of the year is those props because the books have so many props to hang that they can't pay enough attention to all each individual prop on, you know, is Matt Stafford going to have a touchdown in the second quarter? Is Odell Beckham going to have, you know, a first down in the third quarter? Like there's, the books are spread too thin. Mm-hmm. So therefore these sharps just completely mm-hmm. crush the sports books on all these different individual props. So I think that's, that's been the big difference between the World Series. Like I, you, besides World Series MVP, nobody bets in the World Series outside of who's going to win. Like, yeah, how about the, the props? How about like uh, Bryce Harper a home run, run during right. the game yeah, or something like really. that? Yeah, not really. No okay, kidding. really, just MVP and and who's going to win each game and who's going to win the ultimate right. World Series. Obviously, like times that. Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder. I mean, I wonder why. Is it just go back to some sort of... Uh, Maybe old school uh, betters. The I young don't know. Crowd, it's, it's the really, young crowd not into it as much. It's really interesting. Like, just football's got such a hook. Uh, oh, got yeah. Like, our hooks, uh, it's hooks into us so much that people are gravitating toward more towards that market in those markets than any other sport. I mean, it's... And it does seem like the prop bet... You know, it, it seems like that's the future, right, Luke? I mean, like, younger yeah. people are into the prop bets a lot. Like, Mike and I are more old school. I bet sides. I uh, don't even bet totals too much sometimes. And I don't but, do props at all. Yeah, and I barely bet props. But it seems like younger mm-hmm. people, that's what they – maybe it's the daily fantasy thing that got them hooked, but it seems like that's what they're into. Yeah, yeah. Smaller bite-sized bets yeah. are becoming uh, a new – the new future. I think the problem with that the books have with those bets is they can't get action on the other side. Mm. So you're never going to see, you know, you're never going to be able to bet $1,000 on a Super Bowl prop. Like, that's mm. very rare. The max you're going to be able to get down is maybe 200 bucks per book. Now, the Sharps have outs all across the country in all these different states. So they're betting 200 bucks, 200 bucks, 200 bucks mm. in Nevada, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, all these different markets. So they can get down. But if you're just a regular gambler in Chicago, like the max you're gonna be able to get down on these smaller props is 200 bucks. But I definitely can see that the future of these smaller uh, micro markets, they're called, becoming uh, more popular versus sides and totals. But again, that's just by quantity of bets. The dollar, the dollars wagered is still going to be sides totals forever in Got my it. opinion Got you, it. Like, we just yeah. can't balance the action on these yep. really small micro props that makes sense uh luke great stuff as always buddy we encourage everyone to go to propswap.com yep. or download the app and we'll catch up again next friday pal thanks guys have a good weekend right, bye buddy. mike bye, see you See ya, buddy. Look at the back. There's our guy, Luke Yeah, baseball. Baseball's got it all wrong. Uh, people don't like the leadership. It's an older betting crowd. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's an older uh, crowd, period, yeah, Mike. The I mean, announcing it's... teams, are. there's no joking around. Joe, uh, you know, this guy, Joel Davis, uh, Smoltz. I think the Astros, uh, Astros uh, the last team anybody wanted to see in there. Probably. Uh, except the P- it just went against everybody. Uh, they lost me after the fourth game. I was hmm. gone. I didn't even care. This football. 
There's football, college. There's NBA now. There's NCAA basketball. I mean, I'm back. I mean, Oof. maybe today at 148, oh. my insignificant oh. bet of the day. I'm back with the Towson oh, States. Maybe God, I'm back. You know what? I'm, I'm I'm starting to. I bet Towson State and Marist the other night. That's amazing. There's a million games. There's 80 games tonight, Carm. It's insanity. I can't even. I'm not ready for college basketball. And the World Series is up against, let's say, you know, even more like 50 NCAA football right. games. You know I'm, what I'm I going mean? to Wisconsin against yeah. Stanford, and it's being played at the Brewer Stadium tonight at 6.30. Wow. Basketball? No yeah, kidding. Yeah, they're in, indoors at the Brewer Stadium. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And they're playing another game, I think, San Diego State, off the aircraft carrier. Oh, they usually it's do Gonzaga that. Gonzaga and Michigan State. Yeah, like, what, oh, okay. Yeah, that's what it is. What's the conditions? Take the under, no matter what it is. Yeah, I always love that. Like, how, how windy is I it? I remember much... years ago, yeah, you shoot the ball, it looked like it was going in the basket. The next thing you know, they're fishing it out of the water. That's, a, that's amazing. <laughs> One of uh, the bigger NFL games, at least it looked like it was going to be, I don't know, six weeks ago uh, in Week 10 would have been the Packers uh, hosting the Cowboys up at Lambeau Field in the late afternoon window. That game is not nearly as significant at this point. And think about this. uh, when the Detroit Rodgers? Oh, my God. When when the season started, you know, preseason week one, if you were looking at the futures markets or the look-ahead lines, could have had the Packers here laying about four points. Now the Packers are getting four and a half points. That's how different this season has gone. A lot of interesting angles, even though uh, the game's not as sexy because the Packers have struggled. Mike McCarthy is back in Green Bay. He was super emotional at his press conference earlier this week talking about going back to Green Bay where his kids were born. Aaron Rodgers as a home dog, 5-1-1 one, and one against the spread all time in his career. But even with that trend, I don't think there's any way I could convince myself or anybody else to back the Green Bay Packers right now, even getting that many points. This is a lay it or don't play it game to me. It's probably a game I will not have a position on to be quite honest, but I think if anything, you lay the points here with the Cowboys coming out of bye, feeling good about themselves going into their bye after hanging 49 on the Bears and, you know, the emotional aspect of uh, Mike McCarthy going back. It seems like the players all really want to get a win for Mike McCarthy. This yeah, season. Aaron Rodgers went from being Nicky Santoro to being the guy that Nicky was going to put the head through the little hole in the Exactly. Glass. You know, <laughs> he's got to absolutely. He has, you talk about a guy who's uh, dropped larger than my grades did back in the day, you know, in the span of like five weeks. I mean, they're not they're not scoring points. Uh, they've lost. They have a losing streak going. He's blaming other people, which he used to do when he was winning. Um, they they basically have gotten him. Talk about a guy with no help. It finally came back to haunt him. I don't know what happened with the Devonte Adams situation, mm. but I do know this. I remember Tom Brady to win would defer money. Okay, yeah. I remember other quarterbacks in the contract, league yeah. that would defer money to pick up players. Now, I don't know what happened with the Devontae Adams situation, but I do know this. I did some investigation type things, you know, got the magnifying glass out, looking at the fine print. I don't think he's ever deferred money to help the organization out. Not that he's supposed to. Or like restructured his deal. Absolutely yeah, right. And to get maybe deferred money down the line uh, yeah. once you retire. He's never done that. Never. 
from what I understand. The weird thing is, I, I if I'm not mistaken, uh, last offseason, they had they could have kept Devontae and they offered him more money. He didn't want to stay. Probably because of his, yeah, because he wanted to go crap the bed with Derek oh Carr. Oh, my God, what a disaster has, that is. Believe me when I tell you this, folks. Derek Carr with Mike North is in Jay Cutler territory. I mean, uh, Cutler was 57-57 with one playoff a game to his credit. Derek Carr hasn't won a playoff game in a decade. It's a disaster out there, Mike. And, I mean, and, it's and, crazy. And now Waller's on IR and, and Hunter Renfro. Right. I mean, think about this, you guys. The Colts are taking money. They, they hired the new coach was an analyst five days ago. Yeah, there's hope for the me. The Colts are taking money. This line yeah. is down to four and a half. It was six. I think I'm going to get into head coaching now, <laughs> to be honest, if they're going to start taking media guys. Unbelievable. I mean, Jeff Saturday, I'm sure, is a great guy. I wouldn't touch this game. It's no. But don't forget about something. I love Josh McDaniel, and I'll be the first to admit I'm absolutely wrong. Maybe he's a great offensive coordinator. I wanted him for the Bears. Hmm. I did. So Mike says I was wrong about that. He's absolutely not getting it done, and neither are the rest of that team. That team was was. If I'm not, they were in the playoffs, right? Uh, they last they year? did. They won well, I, because of the last game. They they beat the Chargers. Right. The, the winner of that game, remember, it was winner take off for that last spot. Look and at they them won now. Overtime. I am really stunned by what's they, happened in in, in Raiderland. I am. They have blown three seventeen point leads this year. Three. And he's and up there saying they got to do a better job. You think? It's week ten. It's brutal. <laughs> All right, we got a couple <laughs> yeah. other NFL games and some big college games, including Texas and TCU from Austin this weekend that we're going to talk about coming up. So don't go anywhere, folks. Lots more to come as we're breaking down games. Mike North, Carmen DeFalco, we're the Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Odds Couple with Mike North and Carmen DeFalco on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Follow us on Twitter. Mike is at North to North. I'm at Carmen DeFalco. And we are the Odds Couple every Friday for you. You can always get us on demand on the ESPN Chicago app. Now that baseball's over, we're back on Friday nights after Black yes. and Adala at 8. That's awesome. And then Saturday mornings at 8 before Black and Abdallah again with Chicago's College Tailgate. So lots of great oh, local programming yeah. for everybody, It's a great Mikey. Saturday lineup, folks. Yeah. Check us out at 8 o'clock. You know, you might see a video of me walking the dog, happy-go-lucky, now that we're going to have some picks on Friday nights and stuff like that. Beautiful. Absolutely. All right, TCU, Texas, one of the bigger college games this weekend. Really a huge game for Texas. There is a lot on the line here. Uh, They're already a three-loss team. They obviously can't afford another. What's so interesting, uh, I think, in this game, um, and this is – you know, if, if you're a, a, a new to betting or if you're a very casual better and you look at it, you might not understand it, but I think the pros would look at this line and totally understand it. How could a three-loss Texas team be laying a touchdown against an undefeated TCU team that is ranked in the top four in the latest college football playoff? There is a reason for that, folks, and the reason is because metrically the Texas yeah. Longhorns are better. Uh, TCU has played one top 20 defense this season. They're going to face another good defense in Texas this weekend. One top 20 defense. And in that game... And they've had to come back in some games. And that's absolutely right. And and that's exactly the point about the one top 20 defense they played. It was the K-State game. The Wildcats were up multiple scores in that game, but were down to its third-string quarterback for a time in the second half. The offense could do nothing, and the defense was exhausted. 
by the end of the game. So that was one of my lucky wins, and that was a bad win, a loss for other people. It was, it was a bad, bad loss team. for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. But you know what? I look at this too, and Texas has never done me any favors, and I still see Sarkeesian on the sideline. <laughs> That's right. And I want it to work. You know, I have no axe to grind with Texas, but, you know, I'm hoping TCU wins just for the playoff picture, mm. you know, but I wouldn't touch this game. I mean, you know, I probably everybody would lean Texas. Yep. I've done that before. Almost and everybody's I, leaning Texas now. All the yeah. sharp money's on Texas. Yeah, yeah and I've sure. done that before. And in bowl games, I don't care what year it was, the Cotton Bowl with Lindsey Nelson back go. in the 70s, and you get burned. Yeah. So, you know, Texas is a popular brand, folks. You know, you got Notre Dame. You've had USC oh. over the years. A lot of uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Clemson now. Texas is a popular brand no matter what they're going through. I agree with you. They're one of the biggest brands in college football. Yeah, totally even agree. when Charlie Strong was going through crap. They're a big brand. 100%. They are. Totally agree with that, even when they struggle a little yep. bit. And uh, I do think, even though they've got those three losses, that this is a pretty good team. I think there's yep. some advantages for Texas in the trenches. Bijan Robinson, who is their fine running back, has been outstanding, and TCU is 63rd. I like his first name. Bijan. That's great. Yeah. It's a great name. What's the, the kid, the, the second kid, Dijon, after the dressing maybe? Dijon you know? and Dijon. Dijon and Dijon. TCU outside the top 60 in uh, yards allowed per carry. Uh, actually, outside the top 70 in standard down defensive line. Where's Texas line ranking too, so. in these things, though? Texas in the Besides latest the three losses. poll. I'll get it for you. Hold on, Mike. I, off the top of my head, because I can't Because sometimes think. you get concentrate on the one team and that's been fortunate, uh, no doubt about it. And you know what's going to cost TCU is their... Their schedule, maybe. Who knows? You could know? it could? And and look, I don't think they're going to go undefeated. I mean, they've been a great story. Don't get me wrong. And I like Sonny Dykes. Uh, I liked him when he was at MSU, uh, uh, SMU. Excuse me. Um, I, but they're not going to go undefeated. And I well, think you know, this is the best team they're going to play. They're, you know they're what's 18th, funny? Mike. Texas is 18th oh, okay. in the latest ra- uh, football, in the latest playoff ranking. They oh. are uh, 18th. Well, you know what's funny? You talked about the metrics last week, and I said, I know I saw where Ohio State was ranked ahead of somebody, and, and ahead of Georgia. And and you said, well, maybe it was metrically. It was the Fox Sports Radio poll mm. that I saw, and it was done by metrics, and it was Ohio State number one, which I don't buy. Mm. Uh I mean, but I just would like to see, and I think you're going to see after Clemson's loss, a change at least in the top four yeah. somewhere. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU now after a topsy-turvy weekend last weekend where three of the top six lost. We'll see what's in store Is for Alabama this weekend. Is Alabama finally done or are they allowed uh, to I, I think games? so. I think so. They now, should be. Now, you wonder, uh, because they're well-coached um, yes. and, and Nick Saban's their coach, I don't think they're mailing it in. Now, that we can talk about that no. game. Bama goes on the road to play. Ole Miss. The two losses for Alabama are by a combined four points. Uh, and one, they scored a ton of points in the Tennessee game, for instance. One at the exactly. They lost one at the gun on a field goal uh, at Tennessee. They lost on a two point conversion in overtime last week. So four total points. Bama. I tell you, if you've been playing Bama recently as a road favorite, you're burning money. Bama's just two and six against the number in its last eight games as a road favorite. But here they are laying 12 at a one-loss Ole Miss team. And even with all that, I am not running to the window to back Ole Miss. Ole Miss has played one team inside the top 60 in offensive efficiency. That was seventh-ranked LSU. And in that game, the Rebels allowed 500 yards of offense and 45 points. Outside of the LSU game, the Rebels' opponents have an average offensive efficiency ranking of 78th. So I'm in no hurry to back Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss this week. No, no. And, you know, I mean, boy, Saban and Rodgers having difficulty in the same year. I'm in heaven. Uh, But, yeah, Saban, you can't. He has them playing. 
He's the, the brand is the greatest brand in college football. Now. Certainly is. I mean, it's not Notre Dame anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the alumni and everybody else. But when you usually you have to go through Alabama, and that they're out is somewhat of a shock to me right now, to be honest with you, to the system, because they've been so prevalent since this whole playoff thing started. Outside looking in now. Oregon has been an incredible story after getting thumped in week one by Georgia. Haven't lost since. Oregon's laying 13.5 at home against us. Uh, Don't you a, have to give them some credit for uh, at least going a, a, to a Georgia? Ton. A ton. Mike, a ton. You, they could have mailed it in. Like, I'm watching who some of these teams are playing tomorrow. It's an absolute joke. Some of these teams are playing uh, uh, the Little Sisters of the Poor. you got to give them credit for to, for playing Georgia, Look, right? I, I agree with you. That first game, they travel across the country. They, they, they travel to Atlanta to play Georgia. Dan Lanning, Oregon's new coach, was on Kirby Smart's staff the last couple of years. It was like the protege and the, right. the, the the mentor and the protege against each other. I mean, there was a lot going against Oregon, and to their credit, they have really fixed things, Mike. The offense has been dynamic. Bo Nix is killing it. The Ducks have 27 rushing touchdowns this season. Um, they're good in a lot of areas, and they're great in that building. Night game in Eugene. They are so good at home. The Ducks have won 23 straight home games. The last loss was September of 2018. They're 4-0 straight up and against the number at home this year. They're laying a lot at nearly two touchdowns against a pretty feisty Washington team. But I think Penix in that offense has been exposed here a little bit lately. And when they stepped up in class about six weeks ago on yeah. a Friday night at UCLA, they were down like 40-16 to 16 going into the fourth quarter. So I think Washington could be in deep at Oregon this week. I agree, and I, I respect Oregon for what they're doing because, like I said, look at some of the top teams who they're playing tomorrow, folks. It's a yeah. joke. Yep. Uh, so I give them credit. It's, it's probably going to cost them, though. It's probably going to cost it them. It might. And they're you know? sixth right now in the latest rankings. And that, so. yeah, exactly. And if they don't get in, it's that one loss at Georgia after Georgia. What happens if Georgia goes through the whole I thing undefeated? You, Georgia looks good, man. That was right? impressive last week. Can you really penalize? I, it's the first game. They cross country, like you said. They get their brains beat in, but now they're dominating everybody. He, it's almost like you'd like to put that Georgia loss out of the way. I mean, that Oregon loss out of the way to Georgia, but it counts. Here's what would be interesting. Like, let's say TCU were to lose this week weekend at yeah. Texas, okay? Nice. Then let's, uh, obviously, there's going to be a, a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan team because they play each other uh, Thanksgiving And weekend. besides that, Alabama's gone, and so have other right. SEC teams with one loss. So, like, it'll be interesting uh, if, let's say, TCU loses. Let's uh-huh. say Ohio State wins at home right. against Michigan. Does that, you know, does that move TCU and Michigan out? And does Oregon somehow leap Tennessee if they still remain unbeaten? Boy. And like get into the top four. That that's this how the scenario would kind of have to play out. I think. I'm just saying, if you have one loss and it was to Georgia, I know. that's no different than somebody having one loss Boy, to Georgia I, in the SEC it, and maybe being in the playoffs. It would be really interesting, Mike, if like Tennessee and Oregon don't lose again, and the mm-hmm. the, the common loss is Oregon. Like, uh, excuse me, the right. common loss is Georgia. What that that's going to be a fascinating I agree. debate as we get into December if that plays out that way. Uh, back to the NFL for a minute. Cardinals Rams this weekend. Not very pretty. Uh, not a very pretty game here. I hate the Rams with every. Oh ball. my God, with Mike! Every, their offense. With, they killed me in some in that contest. Killed me, Mike. Their offense right now is tied with Pittsburgh for the lowest yards per play in the NFL at four point seven. They're thirty first in EPA per play. They're 29th in expected points on the ground. Raheem I mean, Morris, it's terrible. Raheem Morris to let Tom Brady, with who can't move anymore, uh, who still got that arm. He can do a sidestep to let him walk down the field 10, 12, 
14-yard outs all the way down the field and win the game in the waning seconds. Yeah. I, I've never the, seen the, such – I mean, Buddy Ryan used to say, they were rushing three guys against them. Dropping eight. Aaron Donald ain't beating five or six people, folks. Yeah. It, they, they've, they've taken such a huge step back. The wow. injuries have obviously really hurt them. Now Stafford's in concussion protocol. He might not even play this weekend. The Rams are still a small favorite at home against the Cardinals. Mike and I warned you last week yep. about the Cardinals at home versus the division. Oh, They're just 2-9 straight up. In Arizona versus the NFC West. And Hopkins and his quarterback are fighting on the sideline. I know. But I will say this has been a better spot historically for the Cliff-Kyler combo. They're 5-2-2 against the spread as road dogs in the division. But kind of a... a, Rams own them, though. Yeah, the Rams do own them. I mean, McVay owns them. Yeah, McVay does. He's 7-1 against them straight up uh, since Cliff took over. So, Mm. I don't know. Not a game I want to tussle with much. Both teams have been disappointed. But the offenses for both teams, it was so surprising just how bad and inept they've been, especially the Los Angeles Rams this year. All right, when we come back, Jim Miller's got ponies. We still have to give you our best plays. we got some good things picked out in circle, trying to make money for everybody this weekend. We'll do that coming up. Don't go anywhere. we got more to do. It's Mike and Carmen. We're the Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. This is The Odds Couple with Mike North and Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. We're streaming on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. And during the home stretch on The Odds Couple on this Friday, we're back in primetime on Friday nights now that baseball is over every Friday until 9. You can always get us on demand podcast is up early, uh, late morning, early afternoon, every Friday. So just go to the ESPN Chicago app. You get the Encore replay on Saturday morning at 8 a.m. And it's time to get some ponies for the weekend. He was at it again, giving out another winner at uh, one of the Breeders' Cup races last weekend. He's the expert handicapper from Hawthorne Racecourse and one of the best in the country. And he joins us every week, Jim Miller. Jimmy! Boys, Breeders' Cup was really good this year. As expected, the Euros dominated on the turf. We got our winner in Cody's wish. Flightline was really, really good in the Breeders' Cup Classic. I think really the only disappointment coming out of the Breeders' Cup is that Flightline retired head to the breeding shed, six for six, six, for six career record, mm. and now we're not going to see the horse again on the racetrack. So that's one of the things that's a little bit disappointing coming out of the Breeders' Cup. What comes out of the Breeders' Cup uh, last weekend in terms of the, the, the future horse racing market for the big races, specifically the Derby next May, Jimmy? What do we learn? You know what? What really comes out is the fact that we thought Cave Rock was going to be the Derby favorite and an easy, heavy derby favorite. And that was a horse that lost in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. So that makes things a little bit more interesting now going into next year's derby. The really positive thing was they set record handle numbers. So there's Mm. still a lot of interest in horse racing. A lot of people really are watching and want to see kind of how things progress. And guys, I think kind of what jump-started that was when horse racing returned before sports coming out of the pandemic, more sports betters got in love with horse racing and have stuck with it. I think that's the reason that it's carrying strong through right now. Besides uh, the next name of my uh, tavern, the breeding shed, I would like to, <laughs> I, I would basically like to, to just say, let's explain what happened here. Was this horse yep. now going to be in the, the derby maybe, and they've gotten greedy early? What's the hurry? I'm sure he's thrilled. He's going to the breeding shed, but can't it wait? What's the deal? Yeah, so what you had, you, you had a couple of things. Uh, Flightline was the horse that won the Breeders' Cup Classic. This is a horse that, when you look at what the breeding opportunities are nowadays, you can make so much money on the breeding end of things. And they're talking about, for a live foal, sired by Flightline, it's $200,000. How old is he? So, wow. 
Think about that. Flightline is a four-year-old, so Flightline just got done. So Flightline is going to cover, what, 140 mares every year? So take 140 times 200,000 and do this for a few years. And if there's any success, you see the lineage that you saw from Secretariat and the sire, the grandsire, sons of grandsons. It's it's insane. Flightline could be the next horse that is along those lines. But there's just so much money in the breeding end of things. It makes it really hard to say, let's keep racing. They don't want to risk yeah. the chance of injury, That's poor performance. Incredible. Hit it well high and go from there. Incredible. Well, you think of the men that have and the women that get together and they have various oh, injuries. They battle through it. But the breeding shed is different. You have to be, you have to have, now horses have to have four healthy legs. An injury yeah, screws things up, sure. right? Absolutely. Exactly. Injury, poor performance, anything. Right now, oh. this is the highest of high. These are massive speed figures this horse has been running. Wow. And like I said, you can't bat an eye at $200,000 every live full, and that's, that's what they're a, looking at coming amazing. from Flightline. That's absolutely amazing. Um, racing all weekend at Hawthorne. Uh, we still have the thoroughbred season uh, obviously underway. Uh, temperatures are going to start feeling more, you know, like what we'd expect, obviously. Yeah. The cooler temperatures good for uh, racing, though, this weekend, Jimmy? Yeah, we're okay. We're still on the turf course, and that's okay. one of the biggest things, too. And, guys, for better betting Hawthorne, this is the time of year where on the main tracks, inside speed is so, so good. So make sure you're watching that when you're betting these races. And, guys, I'm looking at three horses that I think will show speed all at Hawthorne on Saturday. Bet them all across the board. So race one, bet the six-horse stars on fire. Very speedy youngster who's on the grass. Then race four, bet the six, power through across the board. Another one who will show speed. And then in race six, bet the seven, Cat Royale across the board. This is a horse debuting in a stakes race, guys. Mm. But this is a horse working very well coming into the spot. All right, so three races at Hawthorne for Saturday, everybody. Race one, the six horse across the board. Fourth race again, the six horse across the board. And then race six, the seven horse across the board. Is that right, Jim? That's right, boys. Take the advantage of knowing what you can do with speed and try to cash some tickets. Beautiful. Have a great weekend, Jimmy. We'll see you next uh, Friday. You got it, guys. Good luck. Jimmy! Oh, guy, the Jim breeding Miller. shed. I love that, and I wow. love that name for a, for oh, a bar. Oh, a bar or something, <laughs> right? It's the Rest, breeding shed, absolutely. Right? I mean, you, can only, you can't name oh, it uh, a business. No. Except a bar. Exactly. I think that's the only thing. Something like that. Uh, My God. I, Mikey, what do we like for the weekend for everybody? Let's give out some best plays, try to make some money for everyone. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm going to probably have an NBA game or something like that for you guys at 148, Carmen and All Jericho, right. folks. Just listen and uh, don't be shy. It's nothing to be afraid of. We won't bite here. But I got two games. I'm going to start out, you know, I I just look. I looked at Minnesota. They've made a lot of trips. They're traveling a lot. I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills without their main quarterback. I think people are going to be chasing money with Minnesota. Mm. If Minnesota is that dominant, like we talked about, they've only beaten one team that has won, and it was with Teddy Bridgewater, quarterback, the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to start off. Uh, with the Buffalo Bills, uh, would, would be more comfortable minus three. I might go money line play here. Okay, Bills. Uh, we'll talk. Uh, we'll yep. say minus three here. For, or money or, line. Or money line. Or both. Or both. Have at it. It depends folks. how it goes, Carm. They're well. They're, they're, yeah, right. Exactly. See how it goes. If I win by one, yeah, one and one. But we'll see what happens. If they rally yeah. around Case Keenum against his former team, so he could play well. Like you said, if you need him uh, for a spot starter, right. too, maybe sometimes a backup like Keenum can play pretty well. I'm going to go over to a Munich for the Germany game. We got the Seahawks and the Bucks. This is yeah. going to be an early game, so if you want to bet it, make sure you wow. get it in. 
and I would uh, suggest getting it in while it's under the key number. The Buccaneers, despite being below 500 against the 6-3 and wow. three Seahawks team, are the favorite. We're going to lay 2.5 with Tampa. Tampa's been a favorite, actually, in every game this season. Haven't done great at the window, but uh, five of the Seahawks' six victories have come against teams with a defensive DVOA ranking outside the top half of the league. Four of those wins... Uh, Arizona twice, the Lions and the Giants are defenses outside the top 20. Now they're catching a Tampa team that ranks 7th, and it's a Tampa team that's finally healthy. Antoine Winfield returned to practice this week. Sean Murphy Bunting, Carlton David, uh, both uh, Carlton Davis both returned to pra- uh, to the game last week. So this is finally a healthy Tampa, uh, Tampa team, and I think the offense... had a little life. I mean, you saw the way Tom Brady reacted after that game-winning drive last week. Byron Leftwich has been flat-out terrible calling plays. I think in spite of that, the offense gets going a little, and now that that defense is a little bit more complete, I think Tampa's going to show out and play well. So I think they win by at least a field goal. We'll lay two-and-a-half with Tampa Bay this week. All right, that seems like a really nice pick. I think the last play I'm going to make, and uh, believe me, folks, it's it's not easy because uh, it's Tennessee against Denver. Denver's getting three. I think Denver uh, somehow covers this game. Um, they've had their their issues. There's no doubt about it. But so is Tennessee. Uh, I I am terrified of the running game of Tennessee, mm. but I just think Denver keeps it within the three. So I'm going to take the Denver Broncos plus three. Like it. All right. And uh, I'll give you another road uh, underdog that we're going to play here. We saw firsthand how explosive and dynamic that Dolphin offense can be. But Mike hit it on the head earlier when we were talking about some of the issues that the Dolphins do have. I still think, even with Bradley Chubb and they're trying to assimilate him in, I think they've got some issues uh, on defense in terms mm-hmm. of rushing the passer. I don't think they're quite as good in their back end either as people want to believe. Browns are catching three and a half. So again, this is another one of those uh, numbers that is above the key right now. Nothing hits more frequently in the NFL historically and especially this year than that three-point line. So try to get it above the three. Cleveland's coming off the bye. Uh, the Browns are number one in the NFL in rush EPA. They are number three in success rate. Now, one of the strengths of the Dolphins, D, has been stopping the run, but they could not contain Justin Fields last weekend. And I think with that lack of pressure that they generate, it could be a good game for the Browns both on the ground and through the air. And as long as they keep it close and they can run the ball, I think they'll keep it within the three. So Browns are 3-1 and one against the spread as a dog this season. Uh, they got blown out by New England in one of their losses, but uh, their other four are by a combined nine points. So the Browns have been pretty feisty. And with an extra week to prepare, I'll go ahead and uh, take Cleveland plus the three. All right, and without further ado, he's been called senator, governor, yes. head coach. I mean, you name it. Uh, it fits. The man walks among many, uh, but he stands out. Ladies and gentlemen, what about Randy? Boy, I, I was terrible last weekend. That's all right. Bounce back. Okay, don't worry about so, uh, so what do you do when you, when you stink? You go back with the people that uh, made you stink. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Purdue <laughs> plus six and a half. Yeah. Per- and Illinois. Illinois. Yep. Okay. Uh, I know we can't bet that in the state, but that's silly. Well, uh, if you have course. a guy, you can. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, you, I'll get it. Uh, I like, I like <laughs> oh, San sorry. Diego State as a uh, home dog against San Jose State. Okay. And then I like UConn. Jim Mora Whoa. Jr. has been doing some good things there. They're 5-5. Okay. Five and five. Uh, I like them. They're uh, playing Liberty. They're getting 15 and a half at yes. home. Let's let's take those points. All right. Yeah, so. Jim Moore Jr., well, he, he'd say right now it looked like bad planning. But, right. yes. you know, he he had loftier goals at one point, but he's sure been around. Did. Yeah. All I right. mean, he's an old guy now. That's uh, that's a, a wrap for another great yep. odds couple. Thanks to Randy Merkin for producing the show. Thank you to yep. Luke Pergandy and Jim Miller. We wish everyone uh, happy wagering this weekend. Enjoy all the football. And we'll do it again next Friday, Mikey. So long, everybody. 
This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.